Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, and whatever part of the day it is for y'all. I appreciate y'all joining me, as always, giving me a little bit of your time. Um, I haven't said this in a couple podcasts, I think, so I will remind myself and y'all, I suppose. I, I, I do realize how precious your time is. And I'm grateful that you give me some of it. I know you all have a million other things at home and at work that you could be doing. So maybe this gives you at least a little something to do as you get ready in the morning or ride to work or doing the dishes or the laundry or mowing the yard or whatever else it is and that you learn a little bit. And hopefully it helps our country at least a little bit. And for those of y'all that continue to share the podcast, uh, we had another real good month. So thank y'all, because I know it has to be y'all sharing it with other people. So I'm incredibly humbled and grateful by that. Almost a year now. Into this month, we will have been doing this for a year. So that's kind of, kind of crazy. At any rate, we're going to take one of our little walks. Uh, no puppy dogs, kitty cats, although the dogs, they're out here, but they uh, they just kind of looked at me as I walked by. Maybe they found something better to do. We are going to go back to our founding, Revolutionary War, and run through a couple things. As with so much else that I didn't know. And it, it just shows again, folks, what in some way or another, every single episode here, we kind of, even if it's in an indirect way, we go back to the point that this Supreme Court ruling 80 years ago, and, and there were multiple folks, it wasn't just one, they, they kind of sprang from the separation of church and state when they all went back to that. It's just, it's ludicrous. It's, it's, it's completely unhinged from our heritage and our history. There's just no connection there. And so these people that the Supreme Court judges that made this decision and the people that continue, the educated people that, or really, I guess it doesn't matter whether you're educated or not. You're not that educated because if you, if you knew the history and the heritage of our country, I should have said the people in power making decisions. If you knew the history and heritage of our country, you would know that our country was founded on the teachings of Christ and and that we were purposefully tied to God and the teachings of Christ by our founders. And, And yes, freedom of religion, we talk about that all the time. That doesn't mean anything relative to what the left tries to make it mean today. That was not equalizing all religions, not even close. The intent, as we've talked about from Supreme Court cases, was to make sure that there wasn't fighting between the different denominations of Christianity. But this was, we were born, absolutely born a Christian nation. And we're going to talk about a couple things today that, that again highlight that explicitly. 
And it's really kind of ironic, a couple of the founders we're going to talk about today, you'll see, because they're the ones that are held up by the left so often as the prime examples of, of why this country wasn't founded as a Christian nation, which is completely untrue, either a purpose lie or just based on ignorance. So I'm going to read you a little bit, excuse me, I'm going to read you a little excerpt to start with, just to give you a little background on one of these quotes from the Founder's Bible, again, which I can't recommend too highly, and the editor, David Barton, phenomenal resource, I recommend it. Just almost as much as I do the Patriots Bible and the God and Country Encyclopedia. And the only reason I don't recommend it as highly is just because I haven't, I haven't dug into this resource as much as the others. But one of the things that I really picked up (laughs) had a phenomenal English teacher in high school. Actually, a couple of them. And then picked up again in college, uh, ironically enough, in my master's program, which was not English. But these couple teachers and this professor always hammered original source. You have to be able to back up your document, your, your comment, your paper, whatever it is that you're writing. And the closer you can get to your original source, the more solid that that whatever it is that you're saying, the more solid foundation it has, right? I mean, that makes sense. And so when I dig into these things, one of the things, one of the aspects that's always important, and I and I don't always do a great job of this, and, and I've gotten bit by it a couple times and had to go back and check something and realize that it wasn't exactly the way it was said. But on this particular quote, Barton is pulling from a book called The Life of Patrick Henry of Virginia. And it was by in New York by Hearst and Company in 1845 by S.G. Arnold. But the reason I say all that, folks, is not necessarily because the person or the source is that important, but the reason I say it is because instead of listening to these, these uh, there's no real kind word for it, these either unintelligent or devious, and you could say more than that probably, vile people today in culture, is because the people today have no idea what they're talking about. And if they went back and looked at the original material, they would see that if they were honest. But so when we go back, the closer we can get back to that foundation of our country and see how they really built it, the closer we can get to individuals' comments, the better. So Barton here, this little first paragraph, a couple sentences is from him. For example, following Patrick Henry's famous Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death speech in Virginia, British troops began seizing public supplies and the colonists' gunpowder stored in Williamsburg. Henry, unwilling to allow this British action to go unchecked, gathered the local militia and addressed them in an impassioned speech, which, and this, excuse me again, I'm, I'm assuming is commentary by somebody that was there, and this is from what was actually from that book in 1845. He reminded them of the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire, which guided the children of Israel, Exodus 13, of the water gushing from the rock at Horeb, Exodus 17, of the miraculous passage of the Red Sea, Exodus 14, 
And then with his eye uplifted, his arms aloft, and his whole soul burning with inspiration, declared that the same God still ruled in the heavens, and that he was watching from his throne the oppressions of his people in America, and that he was still strong to deliver and mighty to save. Psalm 24 and Zephaniah 3. So Henry's pulling left and right out of the Bible when he's talking about fighting back against this evil tyranny of Britain. And he's not alone. He was not alone. This was not unique. This was not a one-off. This was very common across the board almost with few exceptions that I really haven't even stumbled across, with the exception of later in life, Thomas Paine a little bit. But even there, we've talked about on this podcast his condemnation of the French Revolution and their complete rejection of God, uh, particularly in their education. So the idea that we were not a Christian nation from the very beginning is just just not true, folks. And so a number of these quotes that I was going to read were in a little section from this Founders Bible about the comparison that our founders made with Exodus and the Israelites fleeing Pharaoh. And I'm not sure how many of them I'm going to get to. I may just get to a couple more, but I want to get to this next one. And and I've briefly touched on it, but I, I didn't even know how deep it really went. And this involves Adams, who, who we talk about frequently, John Adams, the father, the second president. And this also involves Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Jefferson, who are, as I said earlier, kind of preface, they're often held up by the left as this prime example of deism or atheism, which when you read their words, their own words, you know, Jefferson himself says, I'm a Christian in the truest sense. I actually follow the principles, the precepts of Jesus Christ. And he was getting at, he just had this disdain for organized religion because he had seen so much corruption in it. And Franklin has reference after reference to the Bible, to the teachings of Christ and his speeches. And he's the one that told the Continental Congress, look, we've been sitting here failing all this time. We've never turned to God in prayer like we did during the war. Maybe that's the problem. And everybody was like, oh, it's a great idea. And they started to pray and the convention, which was falling apart at that point, came back together. So yet again, the to say that these two men were just general deists in their actions, if not in their personal theology, right? Uh, it's just not true. Their actions speak very clearly. So the day that Congress approved the Declaration of Independence, and we have talked about this a little bit, those three men were given the job of creating a new seal for this new nation. Declared independence, we're a new nation now, in our own mind, regardless of what the British or anybody else thinks. We need a seal for this nation. So these are their proposals. This is Franklin's proposal. Moses lifting up his wand and dividing the Red Sea, and Pharaoh and his chariot overwhelmed with the waters. And this motto, rebellion to tyrants, is obedience to God. Uh, pulling straight from the Bible, that was not by accident. These were not men that did things accidentally. Folks, it's not that they didn't make mistakes. They did make mistakes. But this was huge to them. This, this They had put everything, their lives, their 
their sacred honor, their fortunes. They had put it all on the line, their families, everything. So this was not something that was done light. And where does Franklin turn? He turns to the Bible. He turns to God. He turns to the story of the Israelites fleeing the oppression and tyranny and slavery of Pharaoh. Jefferson's proposal, the children of Israel in the wilderness, led by a cloud, led by a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Again, pulled straight from God leading the Israelites out of Egypt. So this, these references from both these men that are supposed to just want absolutely nothing between the public life of the country and the political life of the country and religion, <laughs> where do they go? They go to God. They go straight to the Bible. They don't go to atheism or deism or make some, you know, crazy comment that you would get today from modern theologists or, or psychologists or who knows. They go straight to God and the Bible. And here's what was actually approved by the, the committee of those three men with Adams. It's an image of Pharaoh sitting in an open chariot a crown on his head and a sword in his hand, passing through the divided waters of the Red Sea in pursuit of the Israelites. Rays from the pillar of fire and the cloud, expressive of the divine presence and command beaming on Moses, who stands on the shore and extending his hand over the sea causes it to overwhelm Pharaoh. And on the seal on the outside of this picture, this image is Franklin's suggestion, rebellion to tyrants is obedience to God. So, it's just, I, you know, I'm not really sure there's much needs to be said. These men had a huge responsibility to create a seal for this new nation. They did so. They went straight back to God, straight back to the Bible. And, and that's the way we were founded, folks. That's the way we were, that's how we were created. I want to read one more thing. And... Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to just kind of, I'm going to end with one more quote. And this was also from one of our founding fathers. This was from Caesar Rodney, uh, Delaware, and he was a signer of the Declaration. And he wrote in a letter to his brother, The Israelites, the chosen people of God, met with crosses and disappointments in their journey from the land of bondage to that of liberty. But by a steady perseverance and divine assistance, they at length possessed the promised land, Joshua 15 through 24. And though he permitteth temporary obstructions, 2 Corinthians and 1 Peter, will one day with a firm reliance on him crown his virtuous endeavors with success, 2 Timothy, and cause the modern pharaohs with their hosts be buried in the sea of their Toryism, as he did the ancient Pharaoh in the Red Sea, Exodus 14. Real interesting little reference at the end. The Tories and the Tories were the ones that were loyal to Britain, the loyalists. And he was saying all these people are going to be buried in their own sea of Toryism. You know, they, the founders at this point, they knew that there was an irreconcilable, irreconcilable divide between citizens who wanted and, and knew that the country needed independence 
and citizens who wanted to remain loyal to Great Britain. And he knew that there were going, in this commentary, he knew that there were going to be trials, there were going to be tribulations, this wasn't going to be simple, it wasn't going to be short, but that in the end, if, if we relied on God, and he pulled from both the Old and the New Testament here, folks, again, if we relied on God, he would take care of us. Didn't mean everything would be easy, didn't mean it would be simple, didn't even mean that it would turn out the way that the founders hoped and envisioned. But it meant that we could depend on God as a nation if we depended on him as individuals. And it also shows that they understood that that, that break was inevitable. And and the, the thing, and then I'll leave y'all be, folks, but the thing that's so important here, too, to me, that we, we don't like to talk about today because it's hard to talk about. Our founders didn't look and say, hey, let's divide the colonies. And we'll give part of them to Great Britain and the Tories, the Loyalists, and we'll give part of them to the patriots, us that want independence. Did they? No, they didn't. Just like Lincoln and Grant in the Civil War didn't say, well, yeah, South, y'all go ahead and you, you take your, your section of the United States and we'll just keep the rest free of slavery. In both cases, folks, our great leaders, our founders, said get out. Change or get out. Those are your two options. We're not giving you one single square inch of land, God, and blessings that God has given to us and to our children and to our grandchildren. You can either abandon the evil that you've chosen to follow up to this point, or you can leave. Those are your choices. Those are your only two choices. And and at some point, we are going to have to realize that we're facing this same decision with our fellow citizens who continue to support the absolutely evil values of the godless left, folks. All right, I think that's my cue. The dogs have finally decided to rouse themselves. Y'all have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you again for joining me, for giving me part of your day. I really look forward to it. I appreciate it. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. Remember Patrick Henry's comments, wherever you have the ability, and y'all all have the ability, folks, you all have a sphere of influence where you can tell the truth and talk about it. People aren't always going to listen, but, but you can still talk about it and stand for it. God bless y'all. We'll talk to y'all again real soon.